This is Financially Tuned with Michael Mansfield from The Lind Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With over 12 years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Now listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Michael Mansfield to help you find out how to be Financially Tuned. Hello, and welcome to Financially Tuned Radio. I'm your host, Mike Mansfield. I'm here in Ventura. I'm a certified financial planner with the Lind Group. Hey, got my good friend, my co-host here, Tony Shore. Tony, thanks for joining us. We've got a good show. We're going to be talking about savings for retirement. Are you saving enough? That is the question. So, Tony, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Great to be here on the show with you. Uh, thanks for having me on once again, Michael. Uh, just I love this time of year. You know, uh, had a great uh, Thanksgiving. And how about yourself? What have you been up to? No, it's the same thing. Tis the season. Yeah. But, you know, we've got a we've got a little baby here that's going to be coming out pretty quickly. So well, congratulations. Baby, little girl number four. Uh, when's the oh, due I know, date? but it's Couple just, weeks, you know, right? it's stressful, exciting, scary. There's a lot of different emotions, you know, oh, when new yeah. babies coming into the world, you know, you want to make sure everything's going to be okay and she's healthy and and everybody's under control. You feel bad for the youngest kid now that they're getting booted oh, out of yeah. their spot yeah. and their life is it's over. just all those things. Yep. So So the baby, we'll when is it due? Um, hopefully here in the next week or two. Wow. So pretty pretty quickly. And you know it's a girl. Uh, well, that's what they keep telling me. But the last ultrasound person was like, you know, there's a one to two percent chance <laughs> yeah, everybody's they always, wrong. They I'm always like, hedge their geez. bets. <laughs> they always hedge their bets. Uh, they don't want to. They don't like to commit to anything. You know, they're just medical exactly, professionals. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, but speaking of professionals, Michael, what are we talking about today? S- saving, making sure we have saved savings. enough you got for retirement. Well, you know, this is an interesting time of the year. You know, the holidays are a time where people have a tendency of spending some money and doing some things. And all of that always ultimately reinforces the, you know, what's right, what's wrong, what are the appropriate decisions to make for our financial household. And so it's always a good consideration to assess where you are in life and where you are on track with your retirement goals and all of those things. Now, what's interesting, Tony, and we've talked about this before, is all the big firms, uh, they like to come out with data. You know, Fidelity releases their annual report and JP Morgan. And the one I'm looking at sitting in front of me today, just for the moment, is T. Rowe Price. They were talking in great depth about savings rates and how much you should be saving and all of this stuff. And it's good, but let me kind of put that little disclaimer on here. Savings rates and savings goals are not generic. They're unique to every individual. You, your situation, the way that you send, spend money, the way that you save, the, you know, the obligations that you have, all of those things have different types of impacts on what you should be saving. But as a round number, for the last number of years, there's always been this kind of thing. And this is the, the, the question that gives people angina. Are you on track to have 10 times your last salary saved by the time you retire? Wow. 
Tony, I think you, you're on track for, what, 50 times? What was the number? 100 <laughs> yeah. times? Well, that's only if you kick in some. I, I, so the, if the Powerball ticket kicks in. I, 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 no, I just think that uh, personal uh, loan that you're going to give me that I don't have to pay back. <laughs> uh, we Remember we talked about that? I, it's a shame I have to buy my friends. Well, the, uh, um, when the Rams <laughs> played the Vikings, I, uh, I took the Vikings, so you lost that bet, so now you have to cover me in retirement. True, true that, true yeah. that. So it's funny because when you ask that question or even think about it, a lot of people are going to say, geez, ugh, ah, absolutely not. I'm probably not on track for that. And that's okay because, remember, a lot of goals in life are about self-awareness. It's about what track are you on? It's about how are you going to get there? What are you doing now to improve your situation? But setting a goal of saying that you're going to have 10 times your salary saved by the time you retire is a tough goal, especially on a national basis. If I look at data from the U.S. Census Bureau, 2016, the average median household income across the country was barely over $59,000. Now, I don't know about you, Tony, but when I think about $59,000, especially if I was in an area like this where the median income is a little higher, but still, it's hard to get ahead. It's hard to save money. You got to pay rent. You got to buy food. You got to take care of the kids. What about health insurance? There's so many things that tug on your paycheck every single month that it's hard to save. You know, interesting statistic here. The Bureau of Economic Analysis says that the saving, the personal savings rate, which is savings as a percentage of your disposable income, is about 3.1% as of September of 2017 here. So it's kind of tough because once again, you, you go back to those averages. You know, on average, households make about $60,000. On average, they're only saving about 3%. It is hard to get a lot of traction with that savings rate. But it's tough because you still got to pay your bills. You still got to take care of yourself. Right. Uh, that's the problem. When you stop working, the bills don't stop coming in. And a lot oh, of people, so true. a lot of people, Michael, think that, well, I'm not going to have as many bills. I don't need as much money in retirement. But that's usually not the case, is it? Yeah, it's totally not the case because things change. Your health changes. One of the things that people don't even think about commonly is, is what type of needs will their adult children have or even their, their parents? See, you know, the baby boomers, they live in this sandwich generation, right? Where they're taking care of mom and dad. They're taking care of adult children. The, the assumptions of, hey, people grow up, people leave, people stop bugging me. A lot of those things don't ring true, you know, and you end up staying involved and perhaps overly involved. If your kids have kids, now you got these cute little grandbabies. Maybe sometimes you're sacrificing your own financial well-being so that you can make sure that your grandbabies are getting the things that they need. There's a lot of emotions that tug on us in so many different ways and things we don't understand. The other thing, too, gosh, Tony, what about student debt? Ouch. It's really been creeping up. It's a big one. Experian says that the average student debt is now just over $34,000. Wow. That's a lot of dough. Yeah, that's a lot. And And I've, I've heard of some even higher. So, Yeah, absolutely. And the problem is is even though things have been picking up lately, economic information's picking up lately, we're coming off of a very long time period where there's been slow, very slow wage growth, but high cost of living. And so it's hard to save. It's hard to get on top of those student loans. It's hard to deal with this stuff. So it's tough. So what does T. Rowe Price do? They come up with a new study and they say, well, you know, burr, 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 you got to save more money. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, we, we hey, know what? the answer. Hey, here's we, the solution. We can't even save the old amount. We, now we got to save more. 
So, so let's see. So benchmarks from T. Rowe Price and other firms. Here's the new rule of thumb. The new rule of thumb is you need 12 times your salary by the age of 65. Wow. Yeah. And that's your, when they say your salary, they're referencing your, your last salary. So if you made a hundred thousand dollars, you know, at 65, you need at least $1.2 million of cash assets to, to exist. Now this stuff is overly generalized. There's a lot of assumptions baked in here. They're not really getting into where you lived. You know, a couple months ago, Tony, we did a show on how long a million bucks lasts. And one of the things that we discussed is that a million dollars wouldn't even last 20 years in California based on the high taxes and cost of living and things of that nature. So even these rules have to really be torn apart to say, how does this individually affect me? What do I need to be doing in order to accomplish what I need for my retirement goals? But the problem is, look, we got stagnant salaries. People have huge debt loads. There's a high cost of living. And a lot of these things may not overly get factored into having 12 times your salary at 65. So there's a lot to think about. Yeah. Yeah, that is a lot. I mean, obviously, there's a lot to think about. And uh, it's so easy to say, just save more. That's your solution. <laughs> <laughs> and but the problem is, it's not that easy, right? Right. And we, we play these games in our heads of, hey, I'll start saving tomorrow. Or someday, you know, what's our, what was the joke we had a couple of weeks ago? Someday is not a day of the week. So it's not. Yeah, someday. It's not a, it's isn't not a, a good day of one. The week. No, that's not good. You know, and that's the problem is it's easy to say, hey, I have a problem I need to address now versus the someday I need to deal with retirement and goals. And that's why, you know, as we've discussed, you need to save in three different ways. You need your long term retirement money. You need your moderate term money in case you got to put kids through college or buy a home or something like that. And then you need your near-term emergency fund. You need to have three buckets of money and it's tough. And I've already mentioned the reasons why, but with, you know, low wage growth and low median incomes and all of these things, it's hard to get a handle on what you really need in life. Well, it's just not easy. Yeah. Yeah, it isn't. And so, uh, what's the, uh, obviously we, you have some strategies and ideas for us, but we do need to take a quick break first, Michael. Is there anything you want to add before the break? Yeah, Tony, we're talking about savings rates this week, and, and it's important to save money. It's important to plan. But it's hard to know what you're trying to accomplish unless you do have a formal retirement income plan, unless you do have a process, unless you understand how to maximize pensions and social securities and investment properties, unless you understand what your expenses are and what's flown out the front door. So if you'd like to uh, get a hold of me, 805-500-7035, my new book, How Your Financial Planner Failed You, which is a guide to retirement income planning essentials, would be a very practical, understandable book that would give you a lot of information on what we're discussing today. It helps you understand the process. It helps you put information to paper and make good decisions. So give me a call, 805-500-7035. Visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D, and we'll be right back after this. Do you feel like you need help navigating your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Toolkit from The Lind Group by visiting thelindgroup.com or calling us at 805-500-7035. And welcome back to Financially Tuned with our host, Michael Mansfield of the Lynn Group, and myself, your co-host, Tony Shore. Now, Michael, today we're talking about savings. 
how to save more and grow your money for retirement so that when you get there, right. you have the money that will last. You mentioned a T. Rowe Price article, and they said you need 12 times uh, the amount of your annual income saved up for retirement. Uh, that's Some right. people are going to go, whoa, well, then I'm not retiring. Uh, that, I mean, that's going to be a response out there, but uh, I suggest those people meet with you and develop a plan that can work for that, right? Well, you're right, Tony. And see, to me, I, I feel like a lot of the analysis and a lot of the studies I come across are very short-sighted with the thought process. That doesn't mean I'm the genius, but it just means that I really focus on retirement income planning. And when I read these articles, it doesn't always properly discount extra information. For example, as we focus on savings rates, this isn't putting a lot of emphasis on social security and pensions and external income sources when going through that retirement income planning process. It's not putting any emphasis on what your expenses are and how much money you really need. It's also not putting any emphasis on taxes. Just because you save a ton of money, well, there's a fundamental difference if it's in an IRA versus a Roth IRA. So how do you even save the money to get the most efficient money possible? Because maybe if you save 12 times your money in a tax-free investment, well, maybe that's significantly more money to you than saving 12 times your money in a, in a tax-deferred investment. So there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to think about. There's a lot to plan. Um, you know, I read an article a couple of weeks ago, not to get too sidetracked, but I just it just kind of resonated. Um, someone was talking about what are appropriate investments for IRAs. And what they focused on is, is tax efficiency. And they said, you should never put an annuity in an IRA because it's already tax deferred and you're double downing on the tax deferral. Yeah. Technically, that's true. Huh. So I, I can't knock the premise of the article. Sure. But where I thought it was so short-sighted, Tony, was it has nothing to do with the reality of retirement income planning. See, Putting annuity inside of an IRA to me is a fantastic idea to plan for required minimum distributions because you have to take money out of your investments per the IRS at a certain age, and maybe you desire income anyways. And so if you try to put an annuity as a non-qualified asset after tax asset, you still have to pull money out of an IRA anyways. You create almost a double taxation. And so it's funny because not to, you know get specific on products or anything like that. I just think that there's so much thought and so much energy that needs to go into the planning process for income in retirement. And people don't do that. You need a retirement income plan. That's why you need to call me. 805-500-7035. Going back to what we were talking about though, remember, savings goals are guidelines. They need to be adjusted to suit your own personal situation, your own personal circumstances. Even that T. Rowe Price article suggested that people need to be saving 15% of their salary. I threw up in my mouth when I read that because I thought, <laughs> geez, that's a, that's a lot of dough. Now, where it was beneficial, though, is and this doesn't apply to everybody, but they said that that 15% savings can include employer matches inside of a 401k. So, hey, that discounts it a little bit. Then they went on to say, well, you know, we kind of get it, though, that people don't save 15%. They only save, heck, they only save 3%. And so their, their next step to giving some guidance was start at like 6%. Save something, and then every year add 1% or 2% to it. And slowly work into the goal of savings. Remember, nothing is perfect. No savings plan is perfect. But there is a strong rationale and a strong argument for just doing something. 
get going, do something. The second part of savings is, is just knowing your debt, knowing your obligation. You know, if you have those student loans, what are the interest rates on them? If you have any debts that have interest rates over, let's say 6%, you really need to focus on that stuff prior to saving money of significance. Cause look, you have never leverage and it's generally negative. For example, let's say you had $10,000 sitting in cash. What, what kind of great rate of return are you earning on it, Tony? Um, not a good, not a good one. Yeah. yeah not a, not a whole lot. One, of, right? one, one and a half percent maybe. Yeah. May, maybe on a good day. And so, but then again, if you had $10,000 on a credit card that was, let's say at 18% interest, well, apples to apples, you might be paying those minimum payments on your credit card, but that cash earning nothing in that credit card debt, you have negative leverage on your, on your assets as a whole. You're losing so much money in, in credit card interest versus not making any money on your cash that it would make a whole lot of sense to pay down the credit cards. And that's something we always have to evaluate because if your investments aren't earning some kind of rate of return that is anywhere comparable or exceeding what your debt obligations are, you really need to think about that because at the end of the day, you might be burning some money. Oh, for sure. Um, obviously, and you don't want to do that. So uh, what's the solution? Uh, what do you tell your clients uh, to help them out in this situation? Well, you know, everybody's situation is unique and we have to look at the, the big picture of, of what, you're, what you're doing. How much money do you have? What type of money do you have? Is it in retirement accounts? Is it at the bank? Is it in gold bars buried under the orange tree in the backyard? <laughs> hey, you weren't you know, supposed I mean, to tell people that. <laughs> I never, people are going to be mad when they come over and realize I don't have an orange tree. So <laughs> he told me, um, you know, so understanding the money is one thing. Understanding where you're at in life is also another component of that too, right? You know, if you're, if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, you're under an age where you can even take money out of retirement account. That's an important consideration. One of the other elements to all of this too is, is how robust is your emergency fund? I am a huge advocate of people sitting on a decent amount of cash, knowing that if there's a problem, they can always access it, even if it's not growing significantly. But we have to look at all of those different pieces of the puzzle and compare them to your debt obligations. You know, what is the credit card? What is the student loan? What is the car loan? What does your mortgage look like? And we have to come up with some type of customized process to say, how do we want to address these debts? See, to me, and this isn't a perfect science, especially living in Ventura County, but to me, being debt-free in retirement go hand in hand. Those are two great things to have together. If you can mitigate your mortgage, if you can have no credit cards, if you can have your car paid off and all these different things, what a great time to retire. Because when you retire, you go onto a fixed income things are changing, you know, that fixed income, you know, I mean, you have to control that. And so we have to understand how to comfortably do that. And especially if you're going onto a fixed income that is, you know, significantly below what you've been accustomed to making. You know, recently I met some people that were fortunate enough to be making the better part of $200,000, which was very fantastic. And when we came in and talked about retirement income, they said, oh, we think we can live on about $50,000 a year. And even though that might be mathematically true, think about that from an emotional standpoint for a second. You know how hard it's going to be emotionally to go from bringing in $200,000 a year to bringing in $50,000 a year. It just doesn't even equate functionally. And they might find themselves feeling emotionally cash strapped. 
And so, you know, there's just a lot of considerations with everybody's unique situation. Tony, your situation's different than my situation. And that's just how life works. <laughs> Are you rubbing it in or I, I'm not sure where you're going <laughs> with that comment, you. but jealous of you. <laughs> other thing, other fun fact is we kind of talk about obligations and expenses and all of this stuff. A lot of us kind of, we read all these articles. Oh my gosh, get rid of your Starbucks coffee. You're going to save $2 a day. And if you add up $2 for 80 years, look how much money you have. You know, that's true. And I can't knock that. But you know, one of the things I feel like though. What's that? Retirement planning is not a death march. No. You know? No. So if there's something that you truly enjoy within reason then I'm not here to be the person to tell you to get rid of it out of your life because we don't know how life will turn out. You know, my aunt passed away a couple of years ago at age 56, leaving two 10 oh, year olds behind. I know that was, I so can sad. tell you what, that was not my family's plan. You know, that was not my aunt and uncle's plan. They expected a much different scenario. And these are stories that we hear all the time. So we don't want to give up too much little things if it, if it has a, you know, a, impact on our emotions. We want to be happy. We want to be positive. We want to keep moving along. But also if you do give up some of those small things, you know, you, you go through all this little minor effort to save five, 10 bucks a day, but then you go out and it's black Friday, cyber Monday shopping, and you buy a $500 TV that you don't really, really need, but it was just such a smoking deal. Well, you've just completely blown up what you were trying to accomplish on the other front. So to me, it's those it's those moderately big expenses where people spend money that's oftentimes not overly necessary. And look, I'm guilty of it, Tony. My uh my remote on my bedroom TV is like it's, I don't know, it's not working right. It you know they the kids crack the battery case on it so it doesn't hold the battery tight oh, enough. Oh, handy. It's wiggly woggly. And I swear I was out uh looking at stuff i was at, i think it was at walmart look and there's all these tvs on so i'm like oh man look at the price on this tv i should buy a new tv for my bedroom this is awesome and then i'm sitting there going wait a second i'm gonna buy a new tv because i my stinking remote's broken why don't i just buy a new remote <laughs> yeah yeah good good idea <laughs> you know but but boy it was so easy though emotionally yeah. to go there and say oh wow fancy new tv oh man it's two inches bigger than the last one. Oh man you know, I'm really going to be able to see the, the travel channel good now. <laughs> well, so. I, yeah, TVs are coming down in price. I probably would have ended up coming home with the new TV and justifying <laughs> it to the wife with the, hey, I, the remote was broke on our old one. I don't know. It's just come on. It's time. This, is, this one's more energy efficient. Yeah, that's a good Saves one. Saves me $4 a year on electricity. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. you resisted. You didn't need it. You resisted. And that's smart. I did. Uh, you know, what do they say? There, there's something that people used to always say, you count to 10 or something on every financial thing. You know, wait 10 yes. seconds before you put it in your shopping cart. Do I really need this? Yeah. Or just no. or run out of the store. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't look, well, look back. Life's changing. Things are changing. Yeah. You know, one of the things that's becoming the third stool of retirement income is now working. You know, as of May, uh, let's see, I was reading an article, Pew Research said May of 2016, nearly 20% of Americans age 65 and over said they're working. And so, unfortunately, work has become one of the additional legs of retirement income planning. Now, that's a tough one to rely on because do we know how long we can work for? Do we know what's going to happen with our health, with our life? How about with our license? Let's say we have a certain type of license in an industry. What if the industry changes? 
We don't know how long we can be relevant in the workforce, but that is becoming a more and more common practice. Now, my goal as a retirement income planner is to plan, plan, plan so that that is not one of the things we have to rely on. It's always something that we can fall back on if we choose to, but we don't want to rely on that because we can't properly assess the viability of it. We don't know how long work will last. We don't know how much we can make. It's a big variable. But unfortunately, because of low savings rates, because of longer life expectancies, because of higher cost of living and stagnant wage growth and all these different things, people are more and more commonly working in, in, in their retirement years. So there's a lot to think about, right, Tony? Right. Always, always, always depressing conversations. <laughs> well, I, I think it's important that people realize, hey, I've got to have a plan in place. I'm going to be unemployed for 20 to 30 years. Uh, so oh, I need that a point. I need to plan out my income. But there, the good news is they don't have to do it alone. It doesn't have to be a struggle because they can just call you up and you're going to give them a complimentary, no cost, no obligation consultation for our listeners, right? Absolutely. So anybody that calls in and schedules a consultation, I will go through all of my initial phases of retirement income planning with you. We will look at social security maximization. We will look at all your other external asset classes. If you have a pension, if you have a rental property, if you're working, we look at all those numbers, we add them all up. We then go through a process of helping you evaluate your expenses, uh, what money's flowing out. We look at some of the big ticket items. For example, if you have a mortgage, well, how long do you have to pay on that mortgage for? See, if you're paying a mortgage for 30 years, that's very different than paying on a mortgage for another eight years. So we kind of cook that into the cash flow process. Sure. I even become a little morbid and say, you know, heaven forbid, what if spouse A passes away prior to spouse B? What happens to your guys' cash flow and your income versus if the other one passed away first? We have to understand these things. That all backs into, you know, how much money you need, what's going in, what's coming out solving your income gap. If we know what your income gap is, we understand how much cash assets you have to have in order to support the income that you desire. On top of all of that, if that wasn't easy enough, I then overlay tax liability and Medicare liability. And then we put a nice bow on top called legacy planning. You know, do we, are we avoiding probate? Do we have all our assets held in good, good positions, investing and whatnot? But I mean, one of the things that people don't commonly think about is if you're not taking taxes into consideration with retirement income planning, you could create higher Medicare Part B and Part D premiums because you have income penalties. So those are all things that I look at. Ironically, this is all stuff that I talk about very specifically in my new book, How Your Financial Planner Failed You, which is a guide to retirement income planning essentials. So give me a call. Set up that complimentary consultation. I will work through all of that information with you at no cost. You'll get a free copy of my book. I will help give you a template and a guideline in order to attempt to have a successful retirement income plan in place. So we love all our listeners. We appreciate all the feedback and calls we get every week. Uh, feel free to visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. And we will be back the same time, same place next week. And Tony, thanks, thanks, thanks again for always joining me every week. I really appreciate uh, your feedback, your information, your, your friendship. And we will see everyone next week. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit their website at financiallytunedradio.com. 
All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Michael Mansfield and The Lind Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 